Our top stories tonight. Aaron Rodgers has taken a pay cut. Whoever thought Aaron Rodgers was a generous person willing to help his team, but the Jets have clearly changed him, and we're here to break that down, talk about all the running back moves across the NFL with a very special guest. We've got Anand Nanduri from the Decision Point here today on Player Profile Today. What is going on, my friend? Anand, happy to have you on the show for the first time ever. I can't believe this is the first time we've had. Feels wrong, right? It does. <laughs> it really How you doing, Jack? Does. Fantastic. I'm great. I'm happy to talk about all this news. Happy to be chatting with you. Do you have anything going on in the background that you want to plug here before we get started? Aside from the decision point, which is the best show in the football <laughs> space, period. Appreciate you, man. Uh, nothing crazy to plug here you know staring out into uh downtown chicago um excited about training camp football is one week away the, the hall of fame game is next thursday exactly one week from today so we made it where it's back when we're, we're no longer you know talking arguing about rb4s on the timeline nobody gives a shit anymore <laughs> we're into the actual meat and potatoes of it or at least you know the uh the appetizer so to speak but um Excited football's back, man. College football will be here before you know it. And we'll be back breaking down prospects and teams that way. So a lot of lot to get into, but obviously the offseason continues to bring us content because the NFL media has decided there is no offseason. There really is no offseason. We go straight from the Super Bowl into the draft. We've got the Senior Bowl, all that fun stuff, the All-Star Games. And then it's just the build-up to the draft for weeks on end. And then there's the draft, which we had a fantastic time at. We'll be back next year. Woo! Shout out to Detroit, man. Shout out Detroit. That is going to be such a good draft. And then after the draft, we've got all these training camps, rookie mini camps, training camps kick off. All these contracts being signed like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers took a pay cut. Could Aaron you believe Rodgers, it? Aaron Rodgers did take a pay cut. And if I'm a Jets fan, I'm over the moon about it. Because it's not its not just that he took a pay cut. It's the manner in which he took it. I think this basically guarantee, virtually guarantees that he'll be there in 2024. So as opposed to the one-year rental that it felt like Favre was for them, this seems to be a, hey, we may build in year one and then crescendo into year two, ideally. But they're going to figure out what does and doesn't work this year. And yeah, of course, it feels like Rodgers is a bit of a mercenary here. But if you're the Jets, you got to understand, there's one 4,000-yard season in Jets history. Jack, do you know who it is? Is it Pennington? It's Joe Namath. Oh, it is Joe Namath. I forgot. It's Joe know. Namath. And... When you're replacing that, you know, like we're not sure that Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, but he's still, even in his diminished form, significantly better than anything they've ever had. I think when you look at this team, you've got to consider two things. One, how tough that division is. And the fact that he's willing to concede some of this money to give them the leverage to actually go chase down some of the pieces that they will need, not just to win the division, but to win the AFC in general. The second thing you've got to be really excited about if you're a Jets fan is he's shown no willingness to do this before. So this is a change of behavior. He's clearly really excited to be there. All the training camp stuff that's coming out. Obviously, I know he wasn't thrilled about hard knocks, but 
most veteran quarterbacks that go on hard knocks aren't really that thrilled to be on it. And I don't blame them because, you know, you've spent so much of your life allowing people limited access to who you are, what you do, how you go about things. And now you've got this network TV show following you around 24 seven, basically. Uh, it's a little different, but I, I think I'm really excited for the jets. It is very much a win now move, which is, strange given the uh the afc forecast at the moment but you know like at some point you've got to give the fans something to root for you've got to spend the money somewhere and woody johnson seems the opposite of risk averse i guess um but that's a really fun team and i mean you've seen the i'm sure you watched the cut-ups of sauce and garrett wilson going at it one-on-one i mean you look uh, you know, one to 53 on that roster. That's a really, really, really good football team that may not quite get there just because of the depth of talent in the conference and the, in the division they play in. Should at the very least be a playoff team. If they don't get a playoff win, Jets fans are going to be pissed and there's a good chance they don't. I, I mean, like you can write off new England. Matt has basically written off new England. Uh, that is still a Hall of Fame coach that we consider probably the best ever. That is still a quarterback that had one of the more impressive rookie seasons we've seen in a minute. That is still one of the best offensive line, offensive defensive line coached units in the league. They're going to win some games that they shouldn't just because of those factors. And then you add to that Buffalo, which has been basically one of the three best teams in the AFC for half a decade now, it feels like. And then the team that nobody's talking about, and they should be talking about, and it's the Miami Dolphins, because that roster is... The Dolphins are now what we thought the Chargers could be for a few years if they stayed healthy, but that team is crazy stacked everywhere. So, I mean, they're, they're also, you know, just buying into a high market in, in other terms. Uh, but Rogers is significantly better than any quarterback that's ever put on a jets uniform. So at the very least, the fans will be happy. <laughs> they finally made that move and they finally got someone willing to wear, you know, green and white out there. So, you know, I'm really happy for him. He seems he seems thrilled, you know, uh, ayahuasca journey aside. But <laughs> <laughs> and it, it seems as though he might not be the only one willing to wear that Jets jersey. So the pod father last night had a theory that they could be shedding cap, getting Aaron Rodgers to pick a, take a pay cut for Devontae Adams. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Devontae, the Raiders want to win, even though they won't. So they're going to wait until midseason if they move him at all. But. It really seems like that they made this move to free up cap space to sign Dalvin Cook. He's visiting, and I won't be surprised if we get a notification during this show that, yep, Dalvin Cook signed. Yep, I I, I don't think he leaves New York without a deal, and it's a two-for-one thing. Part of it is they drafted Izzy Abanacanda. Brees Hall's coming off of injury. Dalvin in that backfield provides a role that they just don't have, which is basically you are our do it all back behind our do it all back. So he's not going to operate as a satellite back. He's still remarkably productive. Yes. I know he's getting older, 
he's not asking for forty million dollars a year. It, 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 you're not you're not signing him for remarkable money or anything. But the added plus is you keep him away from Miami, and I think that's gonna in a to a degree. I think that's gonna motivate them to get a deal done quickly and concede some things they otherwise wouldn't because those are really the two teams that we've heard that he's, he's interested in is the Jets and the Dolphins. And you know, if he walks out of your building, he's walking into theirs more than likely. So, yeah, you know, if he, if he leaves, he's taking that contract verbatim and saying, here you go, Miami sign me to this. Yeah. And I, I just don't see that happening. I think he's going to be a jet, which is strange. Because we've seen a lot, like it's kind of like the Titans and wide receivers. We've seen guys like weirdly end their career with the Jets with some degree of success, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, you go back to Ladanian Tomlinson, or you know, you're, you're, you're kind of in that weird, like once you wear this jersey, your career is winding down at this position. And I think for the running backs, it's been the Jets, and for the wide receivers, it's been the Titans. Wow. Um, but I look, he's still got juice, man. We're not talking about a guy that's completely this is not Todd Gurley's knee situation. This isn't Ezekiel Elliott. What can he give me on 120 carries a year? Dalvin is capable still of handling a full workload. You just ideally not like to give it to him at his age. And that's the nice thing with Dalvin Cook is you can give him 60% of the opportunities in week one when Brees Hall is still recovering. Week two, week three, week four. And then you transition away from that. You go back to Brees Hall as he gets healthy. And that way you have a bell cow back if you want for the entire season. Or you can rotate them, mix and match. Different guys can do all sorts of different things. Before we get more into this running back conversation, though, we do have a word from the pod father. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. Now, you know I love Kenny Pickett, right? Week one, who does he face? San Francisco. That's a bummer. So I'm going to be going less than on Kenny Pickett's projected yardage. And on whichever quarterback is starting for San Francisco in week one. (laughs) Probably not Trey Lance. But then, who do the Steelers face in week two? Ah, the Browns, right? We think the Browns are going to crank things up. So there, you can say, hey, Kenny Pickett, more than his projected passing yards. And you keep on correlating. Elijah Moore, more than. George Pickens, more than. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. All kinds of fun there. All kinds of fun there with Sleeper. Absolutely love Sleeper. One player I'm a little bit nervous about drafting on Sleeper or anywhere right now is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is at odds with the Indianapolis Colts. He's on the PUP. We know that he's probably not actually as hurt as he's letting on. He did have ankle surgery, but we expect him to be good, except for the fact that he's not practicing. Jim Irsay is now calling him out publicly. I don't know if this was a drunk tweet or what, but Jim Irsay talking about how 
Jonathan Taylor's operating in bad faith. So is his agent. Agent responds, says it's bad faith to not pay your best player on offense. This is getting ugly. And with Jim Irsay, I don't think it's going to get pretty anytime soon. Uh, no, it won't. It's it's Jim, and that's just the way that he operates. Uh, they will eventually take care of Jonathan Taylor. I'm not worried about that you think side so? of it. You don't think he'll I walk th- in free agency? I don't think so. I Anytime you expend the kind of, you know, anytime a running back is that big a part of what you do and who you are, it's going to be tough to let him walk. We saw this with the Giants and Saquon. It's very similar situation here. The only difference is you now have a rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. and that's going to give Jonathan a lot of leverage that otherwise he wouldn't have. Their leverage is similar in the sense that their quarterbacks desperately need them. But obviously it's very different in the fact that the Giants have invested $40 million a year in Daniel Jones and the Colts have expended a first-round pick and are paying Anthony Richardson virtually nothing. Um, they're both needed. I think he will ultimately sign there. It's just this is the back and forth. Some people feel the need to take everything public. Ursay is one of those guys. So it's, uh, it's not, it's suboptimal. (laughs) If you're him, it's suboptimal. If you're a franchise, it's suboptimal. If you are the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, it's, uh, not great. Not the best way to go about it, but Jim's going to do things Jim's way. Much the same way that Jerry Jones is going to do things Jerry's way. And you know, when you're the billionaire that writes the checks and makes those decisions, you get to do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) And we know that behind closed doors, these conversations are happening. I I imagine almost every negotiation, someone calls someone a bad faith operator. But to take it publicly, to publicly say you are operating in a way that is unacceptable in this day and age, that that really stood out to me. And it's it's not going to help. At no, I mean, and I think when when the time comes to actually resign him, that's definitely going to be brought to the table. Um I think it means something that we haven't really heard much from Jonathan Taylor himself. Yeah. But you know, again, it's uh it's it's not a one size fits all in terms of running back contracts. It's not a one size fits all in terms of, you know, how to manage all those personalities. So No, it's really not because you're you're already seeing report comes out that the Raiders offered Josh Jacobs twelve million dollars per year. I imagine it was a two year deal, maybe it was three, but we hear Jacobs had no interest in that, whereas Saquon, he would have jumped at $12 million per year with from the Giants. They refused to meet him there. They were fine paying him 11, but that extra million really messed things up for the Giants and Saquon Barkley. So now Saquon's going to be back. That storyline we don't have to worry about. But do you see Josh Jacobs returning for training camp, returning for week one, or is he actually going to hold out? I don't think he actually ends up holding out, holding out. Mm-hmm. But when he reports, it's going to be a big thing. Look, players aren't dumb. They, they're they as aware as we are. Now, every so often, there will be a team that comes around and, and was predicted to do terribly and does relatively well. It happens every single year. There is some team that we've written off as absolutely garbage, and they shock everyone. Last year, it was Seattle. Yep. This year, it could be Vegas. I mean, I don't think so, but players are also realists. I, I think Josh Jacobs is very understanding of where the Raiders are and who else is in his division and what else is going on there. There 
all in in a hand they can't be all in on, which is hilarious given that they're in Vegas. Like did they they pushed all their chips in two years ago, a year ago. Um, and it, it just it makes me laugh. Like what if you are in if you are a Las Vegas Raider right now, what do you have faith in? It's Devontae not the head Adams. coach. Yeah, it's Devontae and it's Max Crosby. That's about it. Like, like it's so this bad. Is, it, it's um, it's just a sad situation to see that franchise in because we've seen what the good looked like. Last year, they randomly benched Derek Carr for Jarrett Stidham. I know that we've all collectively agreed that we'll forget about that. What the fuck was the point? <laughs> they didn't like, even bring him back. They, He's in they, Denver now. Like that That's the kind of thing where you sit there and you're like, okay, is it just disastrously bad? Like, what, what do you do if you're Josh Jacobs right now? Why would you tie yourself to this franchise that clearly is not valuing your services as you, as you see them, as you see, they should be valued. But also the, the, the really sad part here is they ran the shit out of them. Like it is a very Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh esque situation where they're concerned because they've given you so many touches year after year after year after year after year. I don't know where his leverage is. That, that's that's really the issue. If if you're looking at a Jonathan Taylor, he has leverage in the sense of you don't want your rookie quarterback going out there with a running back that's going to get him killed in blitz pro and blitz pickup. If you're Saquon Barkley, you know what the splits look like with Daniel Jones uh, with and without him. If you're Josh Jacobs, you're breaking in Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a veteran quarterback. You may not like him, but he's a perfectly capable NFL quarterback. You don't have to think he's great, but there's something there. And then Josh <laughs> Jacobs is just stuck. They paid Adams. They paid Crosby. They brought in multiple wide receivers this offseason. They shipped Darren Waller out. And... Now it's basically just, hey, we have this really good running back that's left over from the last regime. We'll see what we do with them. I I don't know what they're going to do. I do think he ultimately plays this year because Le'Veon was holding out in the hopes of a massive contract that eventually did come via the New York Jets. It's just not there now. No. Like that, that contract that you're chasing just doesn't exist anymore. And so I think he's probably going to go the route of Barkley where he's going to say, Hey, give me a little bit more than franchise tag money for one year. I'll add the, I won't take a no tag clause so you can do it again next year. And that virtually will give them each, you know, a two year, 23, $25 million deal, depending on, you know, certain little things here and there about how they, how they, you know, put that together. But I mean, as a running back, that's basically where you can get at this point. It's kind of sad, but that's just where we are. Yeah. It's it's really unfortunate. Christian McCaffrey at 16 million. And then everyone else is just a drop off. And it's just the way the salary cap works. I know there was the whole bad faith negotiation, but 
with the CBA, they didn't say, hey, we're going to screw running backs over here. It's just something that was always going to be inevitable when everyone's playing under the same salary cap. And when every position takes up the same salary cap, well, you're going to pay the guys that impact the passing game. You're going to pay the quarterbacks. You're going to pay the edge rushers, the receivers, the uh, defensive backs. You're going to pay those guys. The running backs get left in the dirt. And one of those guys that got paid was Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert cashed in big. He gets 35 million more or 33 million more than Lamar Jackson does in guaranteed money. He gets an extra half a million a year on, on top of what Lamar Jackson gets. The former highest paid player in NFL history now belongs to Herbert, but not for very long because we do know a contract's going to be coming up soon. That would be Joe Burrow. And if the number at the end that gets reported is 300 plus million dollars, I will not be surprised. Yeah. Will they get a year six in there? Will they get a year seven in there? We will see. Uh, he will be the highest paid player in NFL history by a significant margin, I would assume. Uh, but that deal's coming. Yeah. It, I I will I do assume it will get done this offseason. I don't think they're gonna push it into these into the season because it's just a, it's gonna hang over their heads a little bit. Um, and they would uh, Cincinnati is not a cash rich team by any means. So they have to structure things a little bit differently than, you know, other, for example, the Rams and the chargers are not worried at all about cash costs. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals to this point have been, but I think recent success is probably going to push them to the point where they no longer really have to worry about that. And they can kind of do things their way. Um, but yeah, but Herbert deserves every dollar alien quarterback. You don't find guys that look and move like that. Uh, and you also don't find guys that can throw a football like that. Jesus. It, just, another guy where it just looks different worth every dollar. We all are aware that the quarterback, it's not a bubble guys. It's not a market bubble. They're just going to keep occupying more and more and more and more and more of the money that's available. Uh, because it is of paramount importance. If you don't have that guy, if you don't have a guy that's capable, like a, like a Herbert of going toe to toe with a Mahomes, of an, with an Allen, with a Burrow, with you know a Jalen Hurts, for example, winning is supremely difficult in that manner. And just to highlight how difficult it is, you're watching San Fran try to do it, and whatever your opinions of Brock Purdy are, he's not those guys, at least not yet. And even with a roster that we think is on par or better than some of those quarterbacks roster, if you were just go guy for guy, San Fran's arguably the best roster in the league. Yeah. You watched what happened. Yes. He was only out there for a little bit, but you watched what happened when you run into the Eagles that are capable of basically doing whatever they want to on offense you watch what happens when you have a guy who's pretty good versus one of those. And when you have one of those, you have to pay one of those, which is why the biggest hack in the league, as we've all you know, talked about ad nauseum, is having one of those guys on a rookie deal. That's why the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson. They're hoping that he can be that. Now, the Chargers didn't win on Herbert's rookie deal like they probably should have. But, you know, there's time. And, and it's, as we all discuss all the time, these are all extensions. So it's not like he's making a bajillion dollars this year. 
as a cap hit, it's over, you know, the next four or five years that he'll make that money. But I mean, when you're talking about that position, particularly, I don't know that, that you can possibly overpay for one of those guys. Now I'm not suggesting that there aren't guys in the league that play quarterback that aren't overpaid. There are, oh, for but, sure. but there's really not a number that you could put on a contract. That's too much for a Herbert, for a burrow, for a Mahomes, for an Allen, for, you know, for any of those guys. Guys so, that can win the game by themselves. Yeah, I mean, one of the the one of the funniest, you know, had seventeen Jamison Gingers and fired something off tweets that I had last year was Burrow was was absolutely killing people with Trenton Irwin and Trent Taylor when Jamar Chase and and T Higgins missed time and you know various points in the last season like acting like he is who he is because of the receivers is insane. Oh yeah. Herbert's the same situation. I mean, you asked this man with busted ribs to carry, you know, the two of us and Matt to the playoffs and the man did it. And everybody's complaining about, Oh, he gave up a 27 point lead. Yeah. Last I checked, he doesn't play linebacker. <laughs> you know, like that. he probably you could, know, you know, last I checked, he doesn't play DB. Um, probably got could. you a 27 point lead. That may have something to do with it. If you, the, the thing is every it's total accountability and total failure across the board. If you blow a 27 point lead, let's call it what it is, but to act like it's, Oh, it's Justin Herbert's fault. He should have scored more. He scored 28 points. What did you want from him? Like yeah. how I many, mean, how many more drives? How you cannot score 30 and lose that. Like, especially in the playoffs, you can't score 30 and lose one, two. If you ever have a four score lead in a playoff game and you find a way to lose that, it's not on the quarterback. It's not. No, it's It's a, it's a coaching thing at the very minimum. It's a defensive thing. It's a bunch of things, but it's not Justin Herbert's fault. No. And uh, Brett Coleman did a really great breakdown of, of all of that and how big an impact Michael Davis has on that defense and DB uh, doesn't really get talked about, but does the thing that they need for that defense to function very, very, very well. And then when he got injured is when kind of the floodgates opened and Peterson started overloading the three by one sets and, you know, just basically zonked them into oblivion. But again, that's, you know, and Trevor Lawrence is basically just copy paste Justin Herbert, yeah, he's going to be getting that contract real soon. I think next year is the first year he's eligible for it. He's going to get one right away. Yep. Tua is in the market to get his contract extended. They're definitely going to play out this year, and they very well could play out next year, the fifth-year option as well. But Tua does want a contract, obviously. He did get drafted with Burrow and Mahon- or Burrow and Herbert, even if he hasn't played up to their level. But... We're hoping for a big step forward from him, especially now that he's got a sleeve all the way up his right arm. He looks so badass. Look, man, right now, as of this second, oops, drop my pen. <laughs> right now, as of this very second, you can go to DraftKings and you can go to Caesars and you can get Tua at MVP at 22 to 1 odds. If you think that that outcome is less likely to happen. If we simulated the season, if we simulated the season 
25 times, and you don't think that one of those simulations leads to Tua winning MVP, you're insane. It's n- Because, again, MVP, and Matt and I talk about this all the time, MVP and the way that we give it out is a narrative-based award. They're not going to give it to Mahomes again. They don't want to give it to Mahomes again. They're looking for a reason for it to be an Allen, for it to be a Burrow, for it to be a Jalen, for it to be literally anyone else because they don't like handing out MVP to the best player in the league every single year. Because for years it would have been Brady or it would have been Manning or it would have been, you know, it would be Mahomes every year. I'm personally of the mindset that we we rename the award player of the year instead of MVP because that's how we give it out. It's not given to the most valuable player. It's given to the player of the year. Um, But if you don't think that there is a world where Tua wins MVP, you're not paying attention to what they've surrounded him with. He's the same player that he was at Alabama. Everyone wants to forget. He was what we thought Bryce Young was. He's what we thought, you know, the the year before. Everyone wants to go rewrite history, and we do this all the time. I'm guilty of it, too. If he could have come out the year before he came out and never gotten injured, he was the number one pick that year. Yep. Already. Burrow has his magical run. He gets taken number one overall. That happened because Tua got hurt. There were still people pre-injury that would have taken Tua over Burrow. That's the kind of prospect that we're still talking about. It's not like he's this, you know, rudderless third round, you know, Kirk Cousins type clone. There's a lot of juice that he's got. We just haven't seen it yet at the NFL level. Part of it is injury. Part of it is, you know, coaching staff related before McDaniel got there. We're talking about a guy that had that profile of talent. He didn't lose talent suddenly. It's not like he forgot how to throw a football. He just, the medical staff took some liberties with him that they should not have last year. I think we that's well documented. We don't need to go into that. But if he's healthy, that number is just wrong. It's just wrong. There, there's no there's no reason that Tua should be 22 to 1 to win MVP in a season that Miami has the best corner duo in the league, some of the best safety play in the league, three really good linebackers. Go look at their edge rushers. Have fun with that. If you if you haven't paid attention to what they've done, go look at Miami's edge rushers. It's they added Bradley Chubb, by the way. Nobody, nobody remembers that, but they added Bradley Chubb, by the way. The O-line is good. You know what Waddle and Tyreek did finishing his top 10 receivers as a duo with two of missing, you know, significant portions of time. You've seen what McDaniel's done in the run game with whoever you want to put back there. Hell, maybe we'll give Jack 15 carries this year and see how he does. I don't understand why, and I get the division. I, I do. I understand Buffalo's really good. I understand the Jets have reloaded a lot of pieces, and I understand the conference. MVP does not require you winning a Super Bowl. MVP requires putting up video game numbers in the regular season. Who is better set up to put up video games in the regular season more than him? It's a good offense. It's a good 
offensive line. It's a great passing game with arguably the best one-two punch at wide receiver in the NFL. You heard it here, not first, because Anand said it had plenty of other places, but you heard it here on Player Profiler today. Tua is a steal at his MVP odds. Anand, thank you so much for coming on the show here today. We're going to get together tomorrow for the decision point as well. It is my honor to be hosting that show. But before we get you out of here, any final pluggables to plug? Any final thoughts? Nah, man. Um, you know, obviously crossover week's been a great time for everyone here at Player Profiler. Um, consuming all the content has been a lot of fun. Obviously, creating it is also a lot of fun for us. But uh, go check out everything that's going on on the site and, and on the podcast because you're getting viewpoints and, and kind of people in places that you ordinarily wouldn't. And it's kind of fun to mix and match the way that we have been. Um, but I will see you tomorrow for the decision point. My man, thank you so much for having me. Let's go. Thank you so much for coming on, and we will see you all next time. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.